Welcome to Ebenezer Baptist Church on Thanksgiving Sunday, October 7th, 2012. The message this morning is titled, It's About the Giver, Not the Gift, by Pastor Ryan Cochran, based on scripture, Luke chapter 6, 17, verses 11 to 19. Let's pray together. God in heaven, you are great and awesome and beautiful and powerful. And Lord, we are here to hear from you. So, Lord, as you speak to us through this story from Luke, Lord, I pray that you would speak as we are here to listen. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. May the Lord be with you. At uh, every birthday party for a child, or at every Christmas day at the grandparents' house, you will, without a doubt, hear parents ask a certain question of their children. For those of you who are parents, you will no doubt have asked this question of your children at one time or another. I suspect for thousands of years, parents have been asking this question of their children. After their children get a gift from somebody and they open it up, The parents say, what do you say? What do you say? And this really isn't a question, right? We're telling them what to say. We're telling them to say, thank you. As parents, we want our children to be grateful. We want them to return thanks at the right time. And we don't just want them to say it, we want them to mean it. And when we say that to our, but when we say that to our children, I think that there's really even more than just wanting them to say thanks. I think there's really more to it than that. I think there's something deeper that we're really after. Of course, we want our children to be polite. Of course, that's important. But it's really something more than that. When we say, what do you say to our children? When we want them to say thank you, We want our children to recognize the giver before the gift. We want our children to recognize that the gift was given by someone, some person that cares about them. We want our children to recognize that the gift, however great it might be, however fun it might be, that that gift is not an end in and of itself. A gift is is always about the relationship between the giver of the gift and the receiver of the gift. At least that's what the gift is supposed to be about. And as parents, that's what we want our children to understand. 
But we often know that our children get very excited about the gift and, and they forget about the giver. So as parents, we have to remind them by asking, what do you say? Say thank you. And if we're honest, if we consider our own lives, we know that more often than not, we are like our children, aren't we? We have to be reminded to give thanks. We receive God's good gifts and we very quickly forget about them. We forget to enjoy the blessings and forget that this is all about the giver and not about the gift. We forget that the gift is not an end in and of itself. It has been given to us by God for a purpose. The gifts and the blessings that come from God's hands are given to us in order to point us to God and to help us better enjoy our relationship with him. In our scripture reading today, uh, this story captures perfectly this human impulse that we have to enjoy the gift more than the giver. In this story, ten men were healed by Jesus of a terrible disease, but only one of them returned to give thanks. These ten men had some kind of skin disease, probably leprosy, And at that time, leprosy was thought to be very contagious, so not only were the people suffering physically from the disease, uh, but they were also suffering socially as well because they were outcasts from the community. Uh, They were told that they had to leave their family and their friends and their community. They had to leave everything that they knew and were not allowed to be near anyone. And so these lepers would often gather together and live together for the sake of community for the sake of being together. And this was the case with these 10 men in our story today. Now we don't know how these men heard about Jesus, but they had through through stories that people were telling that this man named Jesus could heal people. And when they heard that he was coming, they, they went out to him and they called out to him asking him to heal them. And Jesus does it. All 10 of them are immediately cleansed of their disease. And no doubt, uh, in their joy after going to the priest, as Jesus told them to do, they would have very quickly returned to their family and friends and been reunited with them, perhaps for the first time in years. So in their excitement over being healed, in their excitement of thinking that now that I am healed, I can return to see my wife and my children again, I think it's pretty easy to see why it may have been easy for them to forget to say thank you. And we kind of put our hands on our hips and these nine lepers, those bad guys, they didn't say thank you. But I think we need to realize how quickly it is to forget. We are not naturally very thankful. It takes work and practice to be thankful. It's very natural for us to receive something as a gift and forget to say thank you. And that's exactly what happens to these ten men. All of them receive an incredible gift, a gift of physical healing. No longer do they need to suffer physically from this disease. But perhaps even more than that, they are restored socially with their community. These men are given the gift of being healed socially, able to return to their family and their friends and their community. And almost all of them forget to go and give thanks to the giver. In their excitement, of the gift, over the gift, they forget about the giver. Now there are two things in this text that Jesus says in his, uh, in his interaction with this one leper who came back to give thanks. Two things that he says that I want us to pay attention to. 
first, when Jesus sees this one man return, he acknowledges that this man is a foreigner. He is a Samaritan. He is a person who is considered to be outside of God's people. And this is the only one, this foreigner, who has come to give thanks. I think there's an important lesson in that for us. For many of us, it is our familiarity with God's blessings that make us forget. It's our familiarity with uh, these things that we do at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or at Good Friday and Easter, at these other times of celebration where we remember to give thanks. It's our familiarity with those, I think, that lead us often to forget that all of these gifts are gifts of God's grace. I think it's particularly easy for us uh, who live in North America as we enjoy one material blessing after another that we've come to believe that we deserve them in some way. That these material blessings that we have are, are ours by right. And we forget that they are gifts of grace. It was this foreigner, this one who was perhaps least familiar with God's grace, who was able to recognize it when he saw it and knew that the only response that he could give was a gift of praise and thanks to this one who had given this great gift. The second thing is that Jesus says to this foreigner, this this one who returned to give thanks, he tells him to go because his faith has made him well. This phrase, your faith has made you well, can also be translated, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. All ten men received physical healing. All ten men were restored to their communities. But this man receives another gift because of his faith, because of his grateful heart. He receives the gift of salvation. He has been made well, been made complete, been made whole, because he saw that the gift was given to bring him into relationship with the giver. This gift was given in order to bring him in relationship with the giver. Every person in the world receives God's grace in one measure or another. Every person receives the blessings of life, the blessings of food, the blessings of breath. These are all gifts. But true healing, salvation comes when we receive those gifts as God's grace and as a way to bring us into relationship with the giver. This is the biblical perspective that we're called to have as believers, to recognize that all things, all things are given to us to point us to God and to bring us, to draw us into relationship with him. I want to spend some time this morning in a psalm, Psalm 104. If you would like to turn in your Bibles uh, with me, you can. Psalm 104. This is a psalm that was written in order to show that all things in the world have been given in order to point us to the giver. It's quite a long psalm. I'm not going to read all of it, but I am going to read a significant portion of it. I'm going to read starting in verse 14. And as you listen to it, I want you to hear how the psalmist allows the works of God's hands and the blessings of the creation, how the psalmist allows those things to lead him to praise. 
Psalm 104, verse 14. The Lord makes the grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread that sustains his heart. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork has its home in the pine trees. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the conies. The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens, and then man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. These all look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Do you hear how the psalmist takes things that are often seen as just natural, as a matter of course, as the way of things, the changing of the seasons, the growing grass, the giving and the gathering of food? He takes these daily, mundane things that you and I almost never notice, and he acknowledges them as a gift, and he allows them to turn him to praise. And that is why these things were given, that we may see them and notice them and give God praise. Have you ever thought about how amazing it is of this simple fact that our world tastes good? How amazing is it that these plants that come from dirt taste good? I've confessed that my gardening is subpar. I didn't have, well, I had a few tomatoes on my cherry tomato plant that came. I had one on my other tomato plant, and it was really good. I picked it, and I ate it, and it was really good. We have a blackberry blackberry vine in our backyard that uh, grew blackberries this year. Uh, This was pretty good, um, as long and as thick as my thumb. All summer long, Joy and Gloria would go into the backyard, and their faces were clean. And then when they came back out, their faces had purple juice all over them from eating the blackberries. All of those blackberries were good, but every once in a while, you would get one that had that 
perfect balance of tartness and sweetness. It's just perfect. Isn't it amazing that our world tastes good? It didn't have to be that way. God didn't have to make it that way. God didn't have to make food pleasurable to eat, but he did. Why? Because he wanted even our food, that thing that we would need every single day to be something that would remind us of his goodness and his grace. Don't allow your familiarity with God's blessings to lead you to forget, to forget to wonder at how many they are. Don't be like the nine who were healed, who were given this incredible gift of blessing, but forgot to be in awe and wonder and allow that blessing to lead them to thanks. It was only the foreigner who was able to see. Do not allow your familiarity with God's blessings to keep you from seeing how good they really are. This afternoon or, or tomorrow, if in your family tradition you celebrate Thanksgiving with a big meal, you will gather around a table surrounded by the blessings of God. Blessings of good food that are in front of you, blessings of family and friends that are around you. Allow yourself to remember that this is God's good provision for you. That these gifts, as wonderful as they are, are not ends in and of themselves, but they point beyond themselves. They are a sign. They point beyond themselves to the giver of all good gifts who loves you and who over and over and over again extends his grace to you through very simple, everyday things. And it's through these simple, everyday things that he wants to receive your thanks. This morning, we are going to join together and receive communion. Some Christian traditions call this the Eucharist. Eucharist means thanksgiving. Communion, or the Eucharist, is one of the most important things that we do together as believers. And in God's wisdom, he chose two very simple everyday things, bread and wine, to be symbols, to be signs of the greatest gift that he has ever given in the body and the blood of his son, Jesus. As we come to the communion table, we come to a meal. We come and we take the gift of bread and wine. Signs of the gift of Christ's broken body and his shed blood that was given so that we can have life revealed to us through these very simple, everyday things. So as you receive it today, I ask, what do you say?